I just want to make a mention of why this belief that Christians can have demons possess you is wrong. And let's just go back to what scripture tells us and shows us. Okay. Cause this, we're, they're going back. We're really going back into God's nature. So for one, sin cannot dwell in the presence of God. Neither does weakness. And there's as many reasons why, because he is holy. His very presence destroys what is sin. In fact, it even says that when Jesus through the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and he'll never leave us and forsake us. What does that also mean? He is sanctified. We're sanctifying us and being purified by his word where he says sin is no longer there. Now, for people who are not saved, they can't sit here and say that we have no sin because you have sin. They're saying this because they believe that their righteousness purifies their sinful ways in, in them and they don't have sin. They think that that their self-righteousness is works that God will accept. But no, Jesus even says that the work, he says that your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees in order to enter heaven. So the people that are walking around believing in their own works of the flesh, their own self-righteousness, those are the people who believe that uh, they have no sin. Even Jesus says that to those, he said this to the Pharisees, but this is the same that applies today. Because you say that you are not lying, your sin still remains. These are the ones who are denying their sinful nature and they act like they're righteous, like God, which also is another reason why they were calling Jesus Beelzebub. See, they blaspheme the Holy Spirit. These are people that knew that God is holy, but they attributed traits, traits of the devil to God, but that also revealed who their God was. And Jesus already shows us he says to them that you do the desires of your father, the devil. He was a liar and accuser of brethren from the very start. Think about that. They already knew. And as it is also written in Romans chapter one, they, they, they knew God, but they did not glorify God as God. But they glorified the vain imaginations that they had come up with in their minds. Now, the point that I was trying to make is that you're not going to be possessed by demons if you're saved. We need to get back to the original definition of what was considered to be a Christian in Antioch because it says that those that follow Christ were first called Christians at Antioch. If we look at the history of this, we've been given the understanding that Christians meant Christ followers. People, These are people that followed the way. These are people that followed Jesus Christ. And so you're following Jesus Christ. You're not listening to the devil. You don't, and even Jesus says this, you're not listening to the voice of a stranger which means you wouldn't be possessed by a demon or demons or the devil. Judas allowed the devil to enter him. Cain allowed the devil to enter him. That's why there's reference to do not go in the way of Cain. The way of Cain is not the way of God, who is Jesus and righteousness. That's the way of the devil, which is rebellion and sin, because the devil rebels and sin. You can't have sin possess you and you be a slave of sin when you're no longer a slave of sin, you're a slave to Christ. There are a lot of people walking around here pretending to be Christians. A lot of people that actually may want to be Christian and they are the sheep of God, but they have not been called yet at their appointed time to be saved. Just like how we see how the disciples follow Jesus, right? Their appointed time to receive the Holy Spirit had not yet come because Christ had not been glorified yet. But they still follow Christ because the desires of the heart, they wanted the truth. So that, does, that doesn't discount them. They had not had the power to cast out demons yet because that power does not come from man. It comes from God. They were still possessed by 
there were still slaves of sin because every man had fallen short of the glory of God. But they were, they, if they could, they, if they could, if they wanted to, they could have been possessed by the devil or demons. Because we see that again with Judas, because they still had not been saved yet. They still had not received the Holy Spirit. You have to think when Cain disobeyed God, God said to Cain, and he, he said this to Cain because he did not accept Cain's offering. Cain's offering was done out of the works of the flesh and self-righteousness. Cain wanted God to accept his way. God doesn't entertain, nor does he glorify another. And he doesn't glorify, or he doesn't give praise to another either. Abel, he accepted his offering. Cain, he did not. So he said this to Cain. He said, Cain, why has your counsel fallen? For if you do what is right, you'll be accepted. Think about that. So he's already telling us that Cain didn't do right, which means if he didn't do right, he was in rebellion to God. And then God continues to say, but if you do not do what is right, sin lies at the door and is waiting to devour you, but you must rule over it. Then he also reminds the Pharisees that you are slaves. And they're sitting here like, we have never been slaves. No, you're a slave to sin. Think about this. Whoever is your master is the one who possesses you, has ownership over you. And you are their slave. Jesus Christ possesses the, because we belong to him in his hand. He possesses those that belong to him and no one can take his sheep out of his hand and no one can take his sheep out of his father's hand. He and the father are one because he is the word of God and the father is the mind. You can't take what God possesses. His We are his possession to those of us who are saved. We are his possession. He possesses us. He is the one that's in us. He owns us. We are his possessions. We no longer belong to the devil. We no longer belong to Satan. We no longer are a father of his ways. I mean, we're not a father. I mean, he's not our father anymore. We, we don't sit here and think we can own our own life. This is a Christian who is following Christ, a true Christian who's following Jesus Christ. Now you got a lot of people that are out here following the antichrist. There's another type of Christ because the word Christ, if we look at it, and it's, it, and it, it's an immediate yes. etymology form means the anointed one. So when we look at this, this is the person who has been anointed for this time. That's why there is different examples of Christ-like figures before Jesus Christ came. He was anointed, is anointed by our father to save us from our sins and to be our mediator back to the father, to those of us who love him and love the truth. We, we don't want to do these things. We don't want to do any, we don't want to be in rebellion to our God. See, it's that mindset and the heart that you love the Lord. You cannot even allow, you won't even allow and invite the devil into your heart like Judas. You wouldn't even want, well, you can't. Why is it that Judas, this happened to Judas, but didn't happen to the other disciples? Think about this. Judas was sitting here walking around with Jesus and with all of the disciples, watching him cast out demons. It is even written that there's so much that Jesus did that ha has not even been recorded because it was just so much. Judas was with them. He's seeing all this stuff. Come on now. If you hate, and this is how I am. I don't like what's wicked and evil. I used to watch a lot of that stuff and be around it. But then when I really saw what real wicked and evil really, really is, I ain't want nothing to do with it. I had to cut people off that was sitting here saying things like, oh, you just, everything in the world is bad. Everything in the world is bad. Oh, why are you got to say everything is so bad? They act like they still holding on to the world. And then they did. Because around them, I fell backwards. And I was like, no, uh -uh. you got to get out of my life. I don't want nothing to do with you. There's where, there was more reasons why, but that was one of the top reasons why. I was like, no, you ain't ready to let go of the world. You like lukewarm. And you causing me to do that. Because 
bad morals, corrupts good character. I don't want to be around you. I don't have nothing to do with you. But Judas is sitting here walking around, and he was a fake one too, just like the people that I cut off, fake. Cause I really saw the character. God will reveal their real, true character because He is the light, and since He's in you, you're gonna see it. Oh man, it's like a, a high beam being shown amongst everything that you're doing and everything everybody else around you doing, and you really see the true motives. That's how His word is, which is good. It's so good. <laughs> but anyway, back to what I was saying. Think about that. Judas was out here walking around with the disciples. He saw all of this evil going on. Instead of thinking, I don't want nothing to do with this. I don't want no part in this. As far as not wanting to, you know, uh, play around with demons and stuff like that. He invited the devil into his heart. This reminds me of the type of people who would sit here, call themselves Christian, just like Judas. He was claiming to be a Christ follower. He's claiming to follow Christ. They saying all this stuff. But over here playing with Ouija boards. You didn't already told him, stop playing with Ouija boards. You don't want to play with that. You don't get away from, um, I've, I've told people this before. I told somebody who's a lot older than me before, uh, you need to stay away from the Zodiacs and all this other kind of stuff. Because I'm already seeing, it's like you are relying on, you're relying on these things and these books and all of this other crap. I don't, at the time, I didn't know why it was evil, but I'm like, you're not going to God for understanding and knowledge. You just, you're using this stuff as your source and you're trying to lean on your own understanding. That's what you end up doing. That's no different than a psychic. Instead of leaning on your own understanding, you're still leaning on man's understanding. You go into another person, which is man, because female and male of mankind, you're going to them to get understanding. You're not going to God. God has already shown us examples in scripture of what happens when people do that. Like, but he's still, that's just, that's just what you think. And that's what you believe. And all this other kinds of, he, he quick to argue. And I'm just sitting here like, okay, I don't know how clear I can get. <laughs> I can fool with him no more. But we used to fellowship. We used to go to church together. All of us in a group, this particular person. That was not even just, that's not the main reason why, but that was one of them. And I'm like, look, I don't know everything. I don't act like I know everything. You're the one sitting here trying to say that I know everything. And, no, and I never said that. I know that what's coming out of my mouth when I'm trying to live right. Because a lot of the times, if I'm correcting you about something, a lot, almost most of the time, but not all the time. Because there's still things I never did before. But I consider that I never did it. Still the same. But most of the times, if I'm coming to you about something, is what I've already been correcting on. Because I had a period when I was looking at Zodiacs and stuff like that. And I thought it was cool. We had, I had a, a group of friends where we would look at, oh, this is the year of the horse and all this other kind of stuff. And we were related to relationships and all this other kind of stuff. And I didn't really believe it. No, if I played around with it, I did believe it. But I, I didn't really take it too seriously. I still was like, oh, this is kind of cool because then I would see how, um, I would see how, oh, this actually kind of relates to what's going on right now. So this is, it must be true. But then I still was, Still something was pulling me, and I think that was God. Still something was pulling me just where well, I was like, mm, I don't know. So then I kind of just tried to stray away from it after a while. And uh, I didn't really say anything to my friends that still was in it or still playing around because, you know, we all have our, we all have our times. And I was like, I still am not sure how I feel about it. So I can't correct you about it if I'm still into it. But at the same time, I was like, something just doesn't feel right. I had prayed about that. Over the years, God has shown me, well, the devil is the one teaching people lies and giving people their identity. So and when people believe in him, people invite him and listen to the voice of a stranger when they want his ways, which is rebellion and sin against God. Then what ends up happening is that they'll be possessed. 
by his lies. So he defines falsely what a woman is and what a man is. So he's going to also, you believe what he says, then you're going to act it out, right? If you think this is what it means to be a female or feminine, which is what God would call uh, lasciviousness and lust, but you don't know that yet or, or you don't care, then guess what is up happening? How you dress, how you act, how you talk, it's going to be an identity based on what the devil has said. So I'm already seeing that with genders. And then I will see that with um, uh, people in, that are obsessed with their skin color. They're possessed by the devil's lies too. If they think their identity comes from the color of their skin or where they're born or where they come from, that's very shallow. It focuses on the flesh. It's literally shallow because you don't even get to deep in this part where the heart and the spirit is at. You focus on the appearance. So what I'm looking at all this, I'm like, okay, if you sit here and tell me this star means this and this is the name it's for, and if you're born under this date, this is how you will act and think. That's no different than how the devil telling people, if you are black or if you're born this way or if you're born in this state or if you're born in this country, this is how you're going to act. This is how you're going to think. And people who believe that, guess what they end up doing? They're going to act and think that way. But that's because you believe the lie and that has become your perspective, your identity. And you'll know nothing else outside of the lie. And that's a part of deception and being deceived. So because you're being possessed by the lie, you're a slave of sin at that point. And it's only through the light of Christ that it takes the veil of deception off of your eyes, which is the power of the gospel. To believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross and he rose from the grave on the third day. And now he is at the Father. He's at the right hand of the Father in heaven. You don't believe that. You believe everything else. Even Jesus said that if you don't, he was talking to these people that did not, that this is like the Pharisees and the Jews that did not believe him. He didn't have to walk around and say, I am God. He was showing them. And he let his actions speak for itself. He ain't walk because man, we typically, when we all about ourselves and we want attention, we got to boast. We got to gain people's trust. We got to do it through speech. But then you notice people that all talk, they ain't about nothing because their actions don't line up with their word. Jesus' actions lined up. He didn't have to say nothing. He only preached the mysteries of God to the disciples who loved him because he already knew their heart. But he said to the Pharisees, he said, you didn't even, you won't even accept me. But if another come after me, you'll accept them. And again, going back to how I was with Judas, he accepted the devil into his heart. And notice again, um, Jesus is sitting here at the table and letting you know, he letting everybody know they didn't understand. Cause again, all understanding comes from God. This was kept from them. Um, so that God's plan, the father's plan will be fulfilled because he's the anointed one that will be appointed at his time to take the sins of the world and to save us. But you notice that Judas is sitting there the whole entire time. This reminds me of when I would talk to people and they think I'm dumb because I'll play dumb most of the time. I'll just, you got to be prudent and privy. Be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Because you will tell, you will walk, you will, no, I'm sorry. You will communicate with the same people who you think are manipulating you and stuff like that. And testing them really to see if you're, did you really mean that? Or was that just a mistake? Or you didn't really, did you really mean that apology? And they end up telling on themselves. Because if that's who you naturally are, which is deceptive, you can't hide that. You're not going to hide that around me because Christ is in me. So I'm going to see that. Especially since I go to him, I'm all about my father's business. I'm like, if there's anything or anybody around me, anything I'm doing that is preventing me from focusing on you and being distracted, show me, please. And he'll show you. <laughs>
If you're sincere, he'll show you. And he'll, he'll let you know what's going on. So like literally we see that at the table when Jesus is sitting here and he's saying that one of, one of you here will betray me. Judas is so full of pride and arrogant. He probably, he probably, I'm not saying this is, this is not in scripture, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was probably thinking that, oh, it ain't talking about me. He don't even know. Because that's what an arrogant and wicked person, person loves wickedness. They think like that. They think they can get over on God. They think they can hide from God. They think they can hide their sins from God. Because they still, they love wickedness and they possess why wickedness. This whole mindset and heart is not the same as somebody that loves the Lord. As I'm saying, you love the Lord and you follow in Christ, you are a Christian. You ain't got to call yourself that and you ain't got to have other people call you that. It doesn't really matter because what matters is what God calls you. These people that don't love God, they're more concerned about what people call them. And that's why it's so important that other people call them Christian or that they call them Christian. Even before I was saved, I was not even really comfortable calling myself Christian. I was just like, I'm just going to church or I'm just reading the Bible. I don't really, I don't really have to showcase my faith. When I started and when I noticed this, now when I look back, when I was being drawn to my father, when I was being drawn to be saved, I did talk about him a lot more, a lot more. But I used to just keep that to myself because I wasn't trying to like, I don't want you to like me just because I believe in God. I don't, I, I didn't really care about that back then. I didn't really care. And I don't care about that now. You don't like me. So what? So cookie. I don't even really like cookies. <laughs> They're okay. Anyway, let me get back to the point. So, uh, yeah, the whole idea and belief that a Christian we're talking about a Christian that follows Jesus Christ, not a Christian that follows the Antichrist. A Christian that follows Jesus Christ cannot be possessed by demons. So hold on. Evil cannot dwell in the presence of God. It cannot. It cannot. Look at the examples that we're given in scripture where God has revealed to us. Jesus is on the earth. We have to remember that it's God himself, okay? This is God himself. That is walking on the earth in the form of man. What do the demons do? They run. They're like, oh no, Jesus. Not now they thinking it's already time for they thinking it's already time. Because they already know what they condemned. They're they they're self-condemned. But they already know where their destination is. It's already been set. And they already know that God doesn't lie. See, he he they'll teach the lie to people and people who trust in what they say. We'll believe that God lies and that, no, but they were already in heaven. They already know who God really is and what he's about. They already know. <laughs> what did Jesus say to those who are lost in sin? They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they know not what they do. Because if people really, really knew, folks would not be acting the way they are. But then also it would be a false faith. A lot of people will be just out. A lot of people who love evil and they don't love God, they will be out to just save themselves, self-preservation, pride of life. They will pretend and think they can still get over on God, thinking that they can trick God, just like the devils, thinking that they can trick God so they can have eternity, eternal life, because they will see who they're really dealing with. But they, that just because they see and know the truth or uh, acknowledge the truth doesn't mean that they'll do anything with that knowledge is no it's just like how when people they will have the scriptures they have knowledge of the scriptures like the pharisees or people that will sit there and proofread and uh revise write memorize the scriptures but they don't do nothing with it and that's worse than people that don't even know it 
because they'll look at it and just say to themselves, it's like what I forgot what the scripture says. Um, I forgot where it's at, but um, where it's like a man that looks in the mirror and he, he turns away, uh, pretty much ignoring what he sees. It's kind of like if you come, you look in the mirror and you see, oh, my face is broken up pretty bad or I'm not taking care of myself. Or, I'm, getting a little, I'm gaining some weight. I'm being pretty gluttonous. Or it could be a sign that, you know, your health is not, well, still back to glutton. <laughs> it could be a sign that your health is not well while you're putting on a little weight. It could be a lot of things, but you're observing this stuff in the mirror. You can see this for yourself and you know what you need to do, but you just walk away and you're like, and it's also written that there is no more forgiveness of sins for people who do this. There's, there, there isn't. And this is mainly because they don't want to be forgiven with their sin. They don't think they have sin. Going back to what I said earlier, they don't, they, these are the type of people that say that I have no sin. They think in their hearts that I'm not blind. I'm woke. I see everything going on. Like you don't see nothing for Christ said that you are blind and wretched. You don't even know what you, you, you're just saying all this stuff. You've been pumped up with the devil's lies and motivation and you don't even see. You don't even know what you do as Jesus says. So no, there is no way. It's not where, um, um, hold on here. Eat the popcorn here. Hold on. And you need to put it in the bowl. The popcorn in the bowl. Mm -hmm. That's so cheap. Hold on. Wait. Uh, be patient, child. Here. I'm not having an answer. My son got his popcorn now. So anyway, um, there's no way that a Christian who follows Christ can be possessed by the devil or be possessed by um, any demons and spirits. Now, this is a part of how the devil can cause a stumbling block to our walk in Christ because he still wants you to believe his lies. I mean, he's not, he's a sore loser. He, in order for you, notice how there's a connection. If you believe that you can still be possessed by demons after you've been saved, not by the gospels that man created and all this, but actually God's gospel, the power of the gospel, God's gospel and the message of the cross. If you have been saved, you'll know if you've been saved too, by the way, because <laughs> you do not want to do what you used to do. That desire ain't even there no more. You may have a memory of it, of course, but you're just going to be like, oh, why did you do She did. For me, I'm, I'm a she, of course. I identify as a she because I am a she because that's what God says. But uh, <laughs> she did. Ill. Quinella, you used to be a coward. Ill. Quinella used to be a fornicator. Ill. Used to. Listen. Used to. There's things when I was possessed by my own will and wanted to do things my way, even through ignorance, because I still wanted to do right, did not know how to do that. But I'll admit that there are times where I knew what God was showing me that it wasn't right because I wouldn't feel right, but I was still was more concerned about pleasing other folks. But at the end of the day, that's who I used to be. I don't care about doing that stuff no more. And, I, and I, I cannot stand or be around people that want to bring me back to that point because they don't want to change, but they want to claim to be Christian. Those are the ones who will be possessed by demons. Hold up. Give me the bowl, baby. Why are you, you trying to cook the popcorn in the pot? <laughs> popcorn in the pot. The, the ones following the Antichrist, those are the ones who will be possessed by demons because them also going to be the ones that sit there and sell out their so-called brethren who are the true sheep of God, who are the true Christians, and God knows who they are because he possesses them. He knows his possessions, his precious possessions. They're going to be the ones who will do things 
uh, murdering things and thinking they're doing it in Christ's name. Jesus said that. Look at all the religions and stuff where people are murdering and doing stuff. They'll even say things like, well, look at Abraham. Look what Abraham did. But then they'll ignore that Abraham didn't actually kill his son. Um, they'll miss the whole story and the point of God giving that command and then coming to stop him. Showcasing that Abraham loved God more than his son. And then they'll use that as an excuse because just like the devil, the devil know the word of God. They'll sit there and use scripture to justify their sin and justify their evil and wickedness. They're the ones that be possessed by demons because it's the demons that are talking through them, running their mouth and they listen to it. Again, it is written. Jesus tells this about us. I need you to remember this because this, <laughs> them demons talking and they talking through people that may still be around. You need to cut them off because they get into your head. They already in their head. They're going to try, they're trying to get into your head. And they, this is um, a part of the whole um, combination of the wheat and the tares being in the body of Christ. The tares over here, terribly talking about these lies and stuff, bringing in all these false doctrines, teaching all of this, yang yang, and it's not even real because lies are not real. They just pretend to be. When you give it power, you make it real for you, but it's actually not real, which is kind of sad if you spend time meditating on what's not real instead of observing what's real. But that goes back to what God says. Everything... Everything that he has created showcases who he is and is clearly seen and observed. So no man is without excuse. There's no excuse. So either you accept what you see or you see what you see and you compartmentalize it. But at the end of the day, it ain't the truth ain't going anywhere. So, you know, you're not, you're not, I'm not, can't be, know this because I know my father's word. And I also know his character. My temple is being sanctified because I know he's present. I know when he convicts me and talks to me, I can see when he guides me, I can see my father's beautiful hand and works and even the things I don't understand. And at first may not agree with him and be like, I was wrong. What, what am I talking about? I see his hand in everything that he does before I didn't see it because I was blind. I see it now. And I'm telling y'all, so he's not going to be sitting here in the same house with the devil. He's not going to be in the same temple with the devil or the demons. He's not. Besides the fact they're afraid of him. Because remember, he was a man. He was. God was on earth walking in the form of a man. He, he, has, he has revealed himself in his creation in many different ways. But this way, he came in the form of a man walking on the earth. And the demons are running. They ran out of the man. They're seeing him come. They're running out of the man. They didn't jump to Christ. They didn't jump to him. They running. Notice again that though Peter, <clears throat> they even said that the person that was um, trying to cast out demons and stuff like that, but they did not have the power of God. They weren't saved. What happened with them? Those demons said, I know who Peter is, but I don't know who you are. And then they jumped into that man. They couldn't touch Peter. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I meant to say it wasn't Peter. I, th my mistake. It was Paul. Let me see if I can go back to that scripture, if I can find it real quick. It's in the book of Acts. Hold on, let me pause it. Okay, I found it. It's in Acts chapter 19. Let me go ahead and read a couple of verses above that. Let me see. Okay, so I'm going to start. I'm in Acts chapter 19, verse, I think I'm going to start it. Verse 8. 
Then Paul went into the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But when some of them stubbornly refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, Paul took his disciples and left the synagogue to conduct daily discussions in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that everyone who lived in the province of Asia, Jews and Greeks alike, heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and the diseases and evil spirits left them. Now, there were some itinerant Jewish exorcists who tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those with evil spirits. They would say, I bind you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. Eventually, one of the evil spirits answered them, Jesus, I know. See, I told y'all. And I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. The attack was so violent that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to all the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, and fear came over all of them. So the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many who had believed now came forward, confessing and disclosing their deeds. And a number of those who practiced magic arts brought their books and burned them in front of everyone. <laughs> when the value of the books was calculated, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. So the word of the Lord powerfully continued to spread and prevail. I want to say something about a couple of what was going on here. I don't know how, what, how I have no idea how much 50,000 dramas is according to today's standard, but I bet that was a lot. And again, notice the ones that used to practice magic arts, they brought their books and they burned them in front of them. They didn't want nothing to do with it. They saw that they were like, mm. but look what Judas did. He invited the devil in his heart because that's what his heart wanted. His heart wanted everything that was in opposition of God, which was sin and rebellion. Uh, let me see if I'm, where was that that I wanted to talk about? The reason why those demons were able to overpower all of those men was because they did not have the Holy Spirit. They did not have the power of the Holy Spirit and they didn't know him. We don't know if possibly, because we don't know the intent of these guys' hearts. They may have wanted to cast out demons and desired to know who Paul knew, or they just may have wanted to do what a lot of people are doing today, which is, um, you know, putting on a show and a front and actually what they're doing, what a lot of people are doing that are casting, quote unquote, casting out demons and they're putting it on videos and they're putting it on front display because they're doing it for attention. I actually wanted to talk about this. It's just not, not right now, but they're, they're putting it on front display. They want to, they want to be seen. Look what I can do. You know, I'm casting out demons in Jesus name and, but they don't know Jesus themselves or they have a whole, they, they People out here are working out a whole script because there are also people, just like there are people that want to seek uh, pastors or teachers that tickle their ears. Those are the same type of people that want to walk around and find someone that can give them some eye candy. And so they have to, they, they want to hear these stories about all this other extra stuff 
that doesn't point you to Christ, that doesn't edify you to godliness, that, that just keeps you in the flesh and, and focus on things of the world and signs and wonders and all this other kind of stuff. And it's not saying there's nothing wrong with signs and wonders, but it is saying that people's, it's the heart of the person. They don't want God. They just want what he provides. It's just like a person that they, they hate God. They hate righteousness and they hate the truth, but they, they love peace. They love what it does to them. They love that, that feeling that peace provides, but they hate the source. They love knowledge, but they hate the source of all knowledge and understanding, which is God. And these types of people are out here casting out demons even today, and they'll get possessed themselves. And there are, now I'm not saying there aren't people that are able to cast out demons. That's not what I'm saying at all, because I do believe that. But this is an area, I'm not that well taught in this area, but I do know that this is not something that you don't want to put your shame of, if you love the person that you're helping to cast a demon out of, I, I don't see why you would want to put, this is embarrassing. This person is someone that they, they're not able to control their body. <clears throat> they're not able to control themselves. And just like the example that we have here, where what happened to these Pharisees, no, I'm sorry, not Pharisees, the Jewish chief priests, uh, when the when the demons overcame them, what did they do? The attack was so violent that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. Why would you want to have that on camera? See, the flesh, anybody who walks according to the flesh and still hold on to the world, they love sin. They love gazing upon it. I don't want to see that. I feel bad for anybody that is, you know, having that shame exposed. You're supposed to cover that. That's, that's what our father does. You wouldn't want to, but anyway, that's the point that I definitely wanted to make there. Look how in this example, those, those evil spirits answered them and said, Jesus, I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Almost it, what it, what it reminds me of is like, who are you to try to say something to me? Who are you? And we noticed that just by how they were talking, we can kind of tell that they didn't know who Jesus was because if we go back up a verse in verse 13, it says, they would say, I bind you by Jesus, whom Paul proclaims. It's kind of like how people today are making declarations and say that, you know, and I used to do this too in ignorance, especially when I was a baby Christian, when I was first saved, I would be making declarations and statements, talking back to uh, the evil spirits and stuff. I acknowledge and I was like, no, you can get up out of here. And I still do. But I used to say things similar to like, I bind you by Jesus whom Paul proclaimed. You see that it's impersonal. They, they actually said whom Paul proclaims. So why aren't you proclaiming? You just, it's kind of like saying what this reminds me of is, is, is like how, okay, I'm going to talk about this person. Like I know them. But that's only based off of what this other person told me, what, what I've heard about this other person has told me about this person. You don't really personally know who, who you're talking about, but you only know about them through somebody else. You don't personally know them. This is that situation. You can see that in how what they said. They, they would say, I bind you by Jesus, whom Paul proclaims, whom Paul proclaims, you know. It's basically speaking on behalf of Christ who without knowing him personally. And when that happens, that's your voice. That's not God speaking through you. That's not God's word 
speaking through you because you don't know him. He's not in you. And in this case, that's what, that's what happened with the Jewish chief priests. They didn't know him. And that's why the demon said, I don't know who you are. They may have been familiar with other people, but these may have been specific evil spirits that were not familiar with these people here. They would know because they see things that we can't see um, spiritually. They would know who's marked by God and who's not. And they know they can't touch those that are marked by God. Again, they wouldn't want nothing because they're scared of God. They're afraid. They're cowards. They know that their power cannot overpower the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's something that the Jewish priests, they did not. That's something that the Jewish priests didn't have. Paul has it. They didn't have that. Peter also had that, but that's why I had to come back and read this because I remember that this, um, I was like, wait a minute. No, that was Paul. That wasn't Peter. So that was my mistake. I apologize for that. But yeah, you can't touch. No, you can't touch Paul. Paul, Peter, all of the apostles who first started off as what? Students of Christ, disciples of Christ. When they were saved, they were given the Holy Spirit as all of us are who are saved. Those who claim to be Christian or claim to be even speaking about Jesus and claiming to do things in Jesus name that don't know Jesus, they're, they're audibly saying things like, like people who do know Jesus would just like how the, the chief priest did. They were talking in a similar fashion to how Paul and Peter would, who were casting out demons, but they didn't know Jesus. And because of that, the demons was like, who are you? Because they didn't have no power. They were just talking. They were messing with stuff they shouldn't be messing with. And I would almost think that these people's hearts, and this is just an opinion, I, I would almost think that these people's hearts were doing this for a show and a spectacle or for power because God allowed all of these things to happen, especially to use this as an example. And he makes examples of all of us, but he most certainly teaches you a lesson through people that don't want nothing to do with him. He teaches them a lesson to pretty much to humble them because pride comes before the fall. But he also shows to us what happens, the difference where, where he tells us to test the fruits. He tests all spirits to see if they come from him. So when we are testing these spirits, we see, okay, is this person, this person's spirit, does the, do they, the things that they're doing and the things that they're saying, are these good fruits? Okay. They are. This person has godly sorrow. This person has remorse. This person is practicing righteousness. This person is practicing staying away from the world. They don't want nothing to do with the world. They hate evil. All they talk about is how they glorify in Christ. And it, it doesn't have to be the same way that I'm doing it. You can, you don't even, communication is not just done audibly. It's through many other forms, through your actions. It even says in scripture that, um, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. It, not just in speech, you got to be action, all action. Because remember what I had said earlier, Jesus was a man of action. He is a man of action. He ain't all talk. The flesh is just yabba yabba running in mouth and it has no power in their word, but there's power in the word of God. Because it's action. When God speaks through his word, Jesus, there's action. When he speaks, there's things that goes on right after he speaks, whatever he speaks. When man speaks, nothing. And that's, that's why when those, uh, the chief priest said something, there was no power in the word of man. So it did nothing to those demons. And we flip that and, and bring that up into the day. People can actually be, this is an example of how a lot of people who will self-proclaim that they're Christians, but God has not called them to be his son or daughter yet. And they're just doing all these things. 
you know what? This also reminds me too, because since they didn't know Jesus, uh, this reminds me again, going back to the scripture where those people will say, uh, we did all these things in your name. We cast out demons in your name. I want to go ahead and pull that scripture up real quick so we can just read that. Um, one second. Let me see. Which one will I read? Luke or Matthew? Um, I'll read Matthew. And we are Matthew chapter 7. Okay. I'll, I'll start at Ma I'm in Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. In other translations, we have workers of iniquity. It's still sin if you're a worker of sin. It's a work of the flesh. Notice that I'm going to go back to that part where it says, they're saying, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform any miracles? See, the flesh, these, these are people that were never saved. They never knew because they never knew Jesus. The demons don't know them and Jesus doesn't know them because they never believed in Jesus. They never believed in him they never believed in jesus all they did was just say the phrase or the words just like those uh those priests they just said the name of jesus who paul proclaims and they thought that alone gave them power to just mimic or parrot what another person was doing so they were just acting but they weren't being when you know jesus and you're in him and you believe in him the demons ain't going to touch you. They can't touch you because Jesus is in you. And again, they run from him. <laughs> and again, they're saying, Lord, Lord, all the people that are saying, Lord, Lord, not everyone who says that will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says I'm a Christian will enter the kingdom of heaven because a Christian is someone who calls on the name of the Lord. Someone, and, and this is where I've actually seen some people embarrass themselves when uh, they will try to go to the scriptures and try to prove God wrong or try to prove that what's written in the scriptures is wrong. And they'll say, see right here, it says that you can call on the name of the Lord. And then they'll pull up. Let me, let me see if I can find that meme too, because um, this is similar to you just saying it versus it's coming out of your heart. You're actually calling on the name of the Lord. Let me see if I can find that. I saw that meme a long time ago. And I was like, yeah, you, you don't under, you're not... Let's see. 
Oh no, it's so small. I can't read that. Oh, now I can't even go to that page. Really? No, I'm gonna find a way out. <laughs> okay, here we go. So basically there's two people sitting at the table and it shows a, a man with the cross on his shirt. So that showcasing that, okay, this person's a Christian. And then there's the other man that he's talking to has an A on his shirt and he's acknowledging that this person's an atheist. So the man that has the shirt with the cross on it, who claims to be Christian, he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so the atheist is saying, not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And at the bottom it says, well, this is awkward. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. And then they say stuff like mental slavery is a drug and devil's a liar and da, 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 da. But this just showcases people that believe this have, they, the reading comprehension, it's right here in the verse. You're seeing that Jesus says, because we just read it, he that doeth the will of my father, not just saying, <laughs> are you doing the will of my father in heaven? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will somebody who does not love God, doesn't want anything to do with him, doesn't acknowledge him, doesn't glorify him, doesn't want help, doesn't think they need help, doesn't believe in God. Do you think they're going to call on his name? Do you think they're going to call on the Lord? They don't acknowledge him. Okay. So that's where, when we're talking about in Acts 2.21, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The people that want to be saved of their sins. The people who hate this world, they're sick of the lies. They're sick of trying to do right, but they can't. Those are the ones who are going to call out to God in their hearts. Doesn't have to be because God listens to your heart. Doesn't have to be audibly. They shall be saved because the person that doesn't want God and they will not call out to God, they're not going to be saved because they don't want him. They don't want him. They don't want salvation. They don't even think they need to be saved. Now, over here where the atheist thought he was trying to be smart, not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved because he's quoting what we just read. But again, took it out of context because we just read in context where the people who were pretending, see, these are people who acknowledged God. They acknowledged Jesus, just like those priests. They acknowledged Jesus whom Paul proclaimed. They're not sitting here saying, oh, no, God doesn't exist. God doesn't cast out through God's power. He doesn't cast out demons. No, these are the type of people who acknowledge they have the law. They, but they, they just want the knowledge. They don't want God. They want power. They want praise of men. So they put on, they want to put on a show. So they use God. See, there is this person who wants God and they call out to him. And then there's that person who uses God. They know what they can get from him already but instead of getting what he provides and gives which is salvation they don't want that they just want to use him they want to use his name to get the stuff that they want and get over on people which is what you see with a lot of these false preachers and pastors who are always trying to get people's money or get you to buy something but jesus already says that be be careful these in the last days, there will be people that will try to make merchants of men. They want to sell you merchandise. Just like what I was saying at the beginning of this, there's a whole different mindset. The one that wants to be saved and the one that doesn't think they need to be saved, but they use God knowing what, that he's capable of salvation. And then there are other one who doesn't think they need to be saved 
and they don't acknowledge God. Over here, that's where the atheist is quoting the person that wants to, they know about God. They just don't want to know him personally. They just use him, which makes them not too much different from the atheist who just doesn't acknowledge God at all. But it's worse for that person who's lukewarm because they know what God says. And instead of listening and obeying, they're still like, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. Whereas the atheist doesn't really know. They're still, both of them are still in Satan's lies, but the atheist is still in the lie that a lot of, because when I talk to a lot of atheists or anybody who claims to leave the church and all this other kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, you left a religion that, that, that was made by man, that God hates that. Just like you hate that. <laughs> God doesn't like this, 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 and that. But that person who uses God and they're saying, we did these things in your name. They were thinking that just by saying, I cast this demon out in the name of Jesus, you can keep stepping or, you know, or get out of my house in the name of Jesus. Or they think they can pray over their food and just by them saying in Jesus name, they think that their word, their faith was in their own form of righteousness, their own self-righteousness. They thought that their word, not God's word, was doing the work because they didn't have faith in God. Because again, they still, they, they thought that they themselves are God in their heart. They deny Christ and they think that they themselves are God in their heart. Because when you want to do your will and not the father's will, which is the only will that's to be done and will be done on this earth. Cause whatever God says goes at the end of the day, whether you're here on this earth or not, his word always trumps before you came here, you and I. When you think you can do your will and that that's it, your will, your word is the final say-so, and you can make declarations and statements to the point where you think you can tell God what to do, you think you're God. Because that, that sovereignty only belongs to the Father. Listen now, what does God say? Touch not my anointed. That's not just a special person like a pastor or an apostle. No, no, no. If you're anointed, you're anointed with his oil. You're saved and being sanctified. You're anointed. He is anointing you with his oil, with his spirit. You're not going to be touched. You're protected by God himself. Can't nobody touch this. Can't touch this. Demons want you to believe that because they, they, they don't, they want you to believe that God's a liar. They want you to believe that he's not strong. They want you to believe that he didn't overcome death at the cross. They want you to believe that they still have the power or that they actually have power. They never had it. You gave it to them. You invited it before, but now if you say it in Christ, you, they don't have that power anymore. So what is it? What does a person do? I've had this happen in my life a lot before I understood to start cutting people out. What does a person do when they start to lose control? They panic. You really start to see the real true character come out. They, they the, all the woodwork starts coming out. They coming at you in all different kinds of angles and tactics and all kinds of stuff. And notice they act like this because they act like their father, the devil. They trying to control you. They trying to do the things that they want to do. They'll look for everything where they, they and this is this, those sneaky type of people. I can't stand these types of snakes. They pretend to be your friend and they listen to you vent and all this other kind of stuff, which is, you know, I've learned, I, I know better. I do better now. Cause I've been to God. No, I, I don't vent to people no more. I don't see the point. I can't get the solution from you. That's why I vent. I want a solution. I don't just vent for attention. I want a solution. So 
I'm not going to seek understanding from man anymore. I'm going to God. <laughs> so I was at the point of that no more. But, and he shows me too, quick. And if I don't need to, if he, if I don't need to know that right then and there, I'm fine. Cause I'm like, I got other stuff you're showing me. I'm, I'm what you want, Lord. But these are the type of people who they pretend that, you know, they got some same compatibility. They got the same sob story and the same history, or they went through the same events, but they cricket. They trying to get intel about you. They just gathering intel. And then when they break, when they don't have that control over you, because now God has shown you who they really are. And now you're like, because we're, we're the ones obeying God. They're not. So now it's time, uh-uh, guard up, guard your heart. Because God's all about boundaries. <laughs> Again, going back to, you can't be possessed by no demons. God got but his own boundaries. He's faithful and he don't deny himself. Okay, so he ain't denying his boundaries. Even when we are learning how to work and be like he is, he ain't denying them. The, again, the demons know they can't touch him. They can't get close to him. That's why they get mad. Look at Joe. I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. This sounds so great. I'm eating too while y'all eating. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Look at Joe. What did the devil say to Joe? Hmm? In the beginning of the book, we actually read, um, I'm, I'm going off of memory right now, but um, we actually read that Job, we have a description of Job, that he eschewed evil. He hated evil. He was a righteous man. He hated evil, right? It's not saying that his family didn't. The focus is on Job, okay? So uh, this is what some of his friends tried to accuse or assume of him that his, his, his children were this and his wife was that and all this. No, Job was in right standing with God, okay? What did the devil say? He couldn't touch Job. He couldn't get near Job. He had a hedge of protection around Job. Why is that? Job ain't finna be possessed by no demons. But what does happen though what, that we have seen is that the devil can still tempt man, but Job just like Christ, because we see the same thing in the temptation in the garden. I mean, not temptation in the garden, I'm sorry, in the wilderness where the devil was uh, trying to tempt Jesus. He is the word of God. He ain't going to deny himself. That's why he never was tempted by the devil. He didn't consider it. He didn't meditate. He, he didn't sit here and say, mm, that kind of sounds good. No, he just like, nope, nope. It is written. Look at Job. Everything that kept happening to Job, the same thing. He's like, Everything that I have in own, God gave this to me. Who am I to say something? He was correcting his wife. He said, you acting like a, um, what was it? Um, hold on. Let me just get the scriptures. Hold on. Actually, let me just read it real quick. Job. Where is it at? Is it in chapter? Oh, it's in, it's in the second chapter. Okay. Um, all right. I'll start here up at six. So I'm in Job chapter two, verse six. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his feet unto his crown, as his head. And he took him a poster to scrape himself withal. And he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. That's, that's the devil. That's the devil speaking to his wife. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not... Oh, I'm sorry. 
And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Look at that. Now there's a couple of other points I may, um, I really wanted to make some videos about this, but I wanted to go ahead and bring this up when I was studying this. Uh, notice how, you remember how Jesus says uh, that a person calls another person a fool. If you call someone a fool, you're in danger of hellfire and judgment. And this is, it's coming from a place of pride and arrogance because you're acting like you haven't done foolish things too. You know, notice that Job, again, righteous man, we're seeing how a righteous man talks because there's the things that even God corrected me about a while back. Job doesn't call his wife a fool. He's, he didn't sit here and say, you are old fool. He says, you're acting like a foolish woman. That's a rebuke that you want to lead to repentance. You're showcasing to somebody that you ain't acting right. You, this, you're not, this is what you're doing right now. It also gets somebody to think when you sit here and say, oh, you're a fool. That, what does that do? That triggers the flesh. They're ready to be defensive. But I just wanted to make that point. But notice how um, the devil was speaking through his wife. Now, it, I didn't see any mention of his wife or his children being righteous. But we do have examples in scripture of the difference between a man that is considered righteous before God and a man that is not. A man that is not goes off and marries women that have their, uh, from other nations, not based on their skin color, but they go off and marry other women in other nations based on, uh, well, I, hold on, I'm trying to calm down. They go off and marry other women that are after other gods and idols. And so by marrying those women, they become in union with their God. They've accepted that God. Just like what you hear a lot of guys say about women, which is actually true. Uh, when women marry men, you're agreeing with what you're, they're already presenting. You can't complain later. It's not saying they can't change or you can't change, but you can't complain. You're seeing beforehand what they have to give and you're accepting that. By you being in agreement, it's just like Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam was in agreement with his wife. What did end up happening? Because they were in union already, but they were in agreement. Instead of saying, instead of being like how Job is, Adam did not correct his wife as saying, you're acting or speaking like a foolish woman. He listened to her and he accepted the fruit. He took the fruit and he ate it. So he was in agreement. So looking at Job, and this is, um, I'm trying to make this point towards how a righteous person is not going to be possessed by demons, might be tempted by their lies as we're fighting against the flesh in our ignorance, but you ain't going to be possessed by demons. Job is a righteous man now. So he did, I, I would believe that Job would not have went off and married an unrighteous woman who was after other gods. But again, we don't know his life story. We don't know his back history. You know, he could have lived a lot because all have sinned fallen short of the glory of God. He could live just a certain type of life that wasn't pleasing to God. Men repented but already would have been married to his woman. Um, and so since he had repented and already been married, he would stay with her and she may not be saved. And then we have a uh, scripture about this for those who have come to the faith while they're already in, uh, married. You are now, marriage is a ministry. So now you who are saved and the other is not, you may actually encourage your partner, your spouse, leading them to salvation because they, they will be around you all the time. All the time. They will be seeing God's work firsthand, just like children. When they see that in our, um, 
us as parents, we're the first examples of Christ-like figures to our children. But that's different from if you're where you're not married and that other person isn't saved and you are. No, that's a whole different ball game. But I was saying all of this to say that Joe didn't say that she was a foolish woman. She said she was acting like a foolish woman, which would make me think she doesn't normally act this way. The devil tempted her through her feelings and her emotions, which is one of his tactics to do. He gets you really all emotional, so you'll make your judgments. There's nothing wrong with your emotions and feelings. But if you make your judgments just based on that, something feel good, you make your judgments on, oh, this feels good. That's, that's not good. <laughs> you don't know if it's actually good or if it, you know, if it's bad, but it just feels good. So I, even in this example, the what I'm trying to point, I'm trying to make is I don't even see or believe that his wife was possessed by the devil. He just spoke through her. She wasn't possessed by the devil. We just now see how Satan's tactics are. The person may have a heart for God, whether they're saved or about to be saved, because see, Christ is not losing none of his sheep. They just may not have been, they just may not be saved yet at their point in time, like Peter, when Jesus called out the devil, when he said, uh, get behind me, Satan, because he knows that's his voice speaking through Peter, but Peter was still his sheep. It just was not the appointed time yet. For him to be saved by the Holy Spirit because Christ had not yet been glorified. We're all still operating under his time. But we see the same uh, tactic of the devil. He can speak through people who love his speech. And he can also speak through people who love the truth and don't know no better. But they will. We will eventually. Because again, God is working in us. So you'll know. because So it's not like something that's going to be uh, continuous over time. Because just like we saw how Satan talked through Job's wife to try to get him to go the wrong way, we saw the same tactic with Abraham. And what Abraham's considered God's friend. We see that in scripture. But you notice how Sarah, Satan was talking through Sarah. It doesn't specifically say that, but we know that when you know God's voice and you know the devil's voice, God already said, you will have a child around this time next year. What does the devil want you to do? Doubt what God says, right? We see that in the garden of Eden. He wants you to doubt what God says. He wants Abraham to doubt God and Sarah to doubt God. So what does he do? He's talking through Sarah because we see that same tactic. What he did, he operated through Eve to get to Adam. And God says, Adam hearkened unto the voice of his wife. That means he listened to the voice of his wife. The voice of his wife was the devil. He listened. Notice the same thing with Abraham at that time. Anyway, he listened to his wife. And we see what ends up happening when, when both Adam and Abraham listened to their wife. Afterwards, what ended up happening? They were listening to the devil and obeying what he said. They were obeying what he said. Abraham now had to deal with his wife being upset and the little competition between um, Hagar, his slave, and his wife getting mad. And he's, he's dealing with that altercation and stuff like that. When if he just waited, he should have said to Sarah, no, God says we'll have a child, but he wanted to do things his way at the time. We're not talking about the whole entire time because Abraham showed that he was faithful. But this is an example of what happens when you listen to um, doubt that comes from the devil's voice. It didn't change Abraham being considered righteous by God, neither for Sarah. It didn't change those things. It just shows how he can make be a stumbling block in your life.
didn't mean he possessed them. It just means that he was trying to talk through to them to get his way still. If he can't touch you, he'll still talk to you. Just talking don't mean he's possessing you. He talked to, he talked to Jesus. He, he went, <laughs> he couldn't touch Jesus. He still can't. And he know that if he touch him, he'll be destroyed. They know that that's why they run. So this doesn't make any sense to me. And it, because, and when it don't make no sense, it ain't sense. Sense and logic come from God because he's the truth. It doesn't make any sense to believe the lie that a Christian can be possessed by demons or the devil. Just like how Christ was walked this earth and the Holy Spirit of God, God himself was walking in the flesh of man, but not by the flesh, but he was just walking in a body, a physical body. And the demons couldn't touch him and they ran from him. What do you think they're going to do when it's, you saved and God is walking in you, telling you how to walk. You think he's going to invite them? He even tells us, that's the thing. He tells us to not sit at the table and eat. How, how can, um, I'm trying to remember how to go. I'm sorry. But um, basically, how can you sit at the table with Beelzebub? How are you going to eat with the, de the devil? You ain't going to sit here and hold hands with Jesus at the table. Also be eating with the devil at the same time. He said, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? So you walking, when you're saved, you're walking with Christ. The ones who claim to be Christian, but they fall into Antichrist, they're walking with him. Or they ain't even walking. They're kind of rolling and stumbling. Because the wicked stumbling in the dark, they don't know what makes them stumble. They ain't walking. We're walking. For a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. But the wicked, they, they don't. They don't get back up. That's it. So Christ is in, he's walking with us and we're walking with him in union because we know him and he knows us. It's just the two of us, <laughs> ain't, ain't the four of us. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, is no three. It's me and him and we're walking. Ain't nobody else walking with us. The devil ain't finna walk with us and the devil ain't finna walk with God. God ain't finna walk with the devil. And then we ain't either because we don't want nothing to do with him. We don't listen to the voice of a stranger. We only listen to God. This is what Jesus says. So either you're going to believe what the devil says or what Jesus says. Come on now. If the devil's words had power, he wouldn't have been overcame. I'm going with the one who overcame sin and death. Okay. But uh, yeah, don't listen to that mess. Don't listen to that mess. I'm pretty sure if I even, oh, I, I, I might even make more videos about this because I really believe there's just so many more examples of God revealing his character, who he is, to show, no, you cannot be possessed. All throughout scripture, the people that were possessed or their hearts were hardened and they did the deeds and, and the desires of the devil, these were people that didn't want God. These were people that were rebellion to God. Now, we were once that, but now that we are saved in Christ, we have a new mind. We're a new creation in Christ. You can't be what you used to be. So if you were a slave to sin and you were possessed before, if somebody was possessed by demons, and not just listening to their voice. You can't be that anymore. You see too many testimonies of people who've, who've been saved by Jesus Christ through having faith in him and his gospel, right? You see people uh, who getting saved from witchcraft and they were real deep in that stuff. Sorcery, all of those things. We even see that in scripture where they were burning the books. That was worth a lot of money they didn't care. Cause they knew none of that was done. They, they knew that it wasn't worth the thing because they were finally set free. How are you going to be set free? Cause the son, Jesus says, the son set you free. You're free. Indeed. I believe, believe now, believe what he says. Cause see, if you're set free, you're free. Indeed. That means you're not possessed by sin. 
You're not longer in bondage. You don't, you're not possessed. You can't be possessed by devils. If that were true, that would make God a liar. And he doesn't lie. What does he say? He is not like man that he can lie. And what does the devil do? He'd be walking up and down to and fro across the earth. Who walks up and down to and fro across the earth? This was in Job. Man. He'd be speaking through man. So don't listen to that yak yak. We ain't got time for that. Okay. We, 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 we have time. Our time is to God. That is the most valuable thing we can give to him. Because in our time, when you give our time, when you give your time to God, you are also showing that your time is his time. That means your concerns are his concerns, which also means what? Obedience. There's urgency that goes along with obedience. You don't do something later. You're not, you're being disobedient if you don't do it now. He didn't say, go and be holy and sin no more later. It, it was a command that meant now for the future, from now to the future. And that involves your time in obedience to him, to Jesus, which happens anyway when you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is the first and greatest commandment. It's going to happen anyway because only your time will be devoted to him. You wouldn't be distracted by these things, the devil. You'll be just like how Jesus is. You walk and you will hear his voice. You'll hear his voice and you'll hear the devil's voice. And you'll know you won't be looking at the person because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You won't be looking at the person and thinking, this person's trying to stop me. This person's trying to come at me. This person's trying to keep me from being great. Da, 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 da. It's all pride. You're going to know that that person, you correct them. You'll know the devil's using them because he uses those that are close to you. Again, he used Adam's wife. He used Abraham's wife. He used Job's wife. He used Peter, who was close to Jesus. Makes me think that he was his best friend, the one that he said that uh, that Jesus loved. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know that. One. I just, I wonder that sometimes. Cause I'm like, why did, why did the devil go to Peter? But anyway, um, he operates with people closest to you. You already got that bond and that deep connection already there. He don't go to some stranger. You don't really trust them. You don't know them. You can go to people that you know, or at least you think, you know, huh. cause when you realize, I'm not even go down. We're not going to go that way. <laughs> Let me stay focused. But you really don't know everybody. You think you know a person, but you really don't. No. When you know Christ, you realize who you thought you knew you didn't know. Because you already realize when you know Christ through faith in him, you'll realize you didn't know yourself. You ain't know nothing. Yeah. So not only do you realize you didn't really know who you thought you were, you realize you don't know nothing and you don't know other people. And you realize that they don't really even know who they think they are. <laughs> Cause they know not what they do, just like how you know not what they do. So you don't really even know a person. Do you really know a person? All right, I'm done with my tangent. But anyway, don't believe that lie. It's full of it. And guess what? When you're in Christ, you're only full of him. You ain't full of that no more. <laughs> anyway, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and God bless. Okay.